Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you guys are such pros. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> we're starting. Uh, well, welcome to episode 10 of Pen Pen Pals podcast uh, with your hosts, Alex and... Oh, Ben, sorry. <laughs> I just got an alert in another window. Ben says name here. <laughs> And uh, this week we have a comedy aficionado and a longtime stalwart compatriot of ours, uh, Donald Ernst, goes by Donnie. Hey, Donnie, welcome to the pod. Hey, buddy. Half of that is true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I will take it. Uh, yeah, doing well, buddy. Very cool. Uh, you're out in Las Vegas. Correct. Very hot. Uh, COVID's not doing so well there. I mean, it's it's flourishing. I guess the the situation is doing well, right? It depends on what side you are. Yeah, if you're on if you're if you're on team COVID, <laughs> if you're on team COVID, we're killing it out here. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, people that uh, depend on jobs and uh, you know hospitality and all that stuff, not so yeah. good. You you uh, working from home? Uh, no, not at all currently. Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, probably like a lot of people just kind of in like this weird waiting game of, I mean, I've, I've dealt with like a lot of personal uncertainty, but never been mixed with like this much external uncertainty as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I feel like I'm just like in a doctor's office waiting for something to happen <laughs> to, <laughs> to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do next months in the waiting room of a doctor's office. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you had told me in March that this would still be going on, I would have called you a liar, but uh, but here we are. Yeah. And yeah. It, gives me, it gives me an excuse to uh, chat with you fun fellas. Yeah, lots of time to watch anime and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not part of my normal day, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad you made an exception. I, I'm having this weird thought that I feel like I have to share. I don't know why. But I think there's something, I've never seen you with like a little bit of a beard before. And I think the combination of the beard and the dimple like reminds me of David Cross. You know, I like me. <laughs> I think there should be more of me in the world. For some reason. Ooh, I am offended. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you. I never thought about it before, but you do look kind of like a cross between Freddie Mercury and David Cross. Yeah, I can see the Freddie Mercury, too. I want to break free. I mean, I know my hairline is aggressively, <laughs> is aggressively going north, but David Cross? <laughs> I, think, I think it's just that, I think it's literally just the, the chin, dimple, beard combo. Good save. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie is also a very objectively handsome man yeah. for oh, our thanks, podcast man. listeners. You can't see yeah. him. Just take our word for it. Just think of David Cross with slightly more hair. Uh, with a vicious widow's peak. <laughs> Wait, are we even going to talk about an episode or is this just like an intervention slash roast of... <laughs> it was all a ploy. There is no podcast, Donnie. <laughs> God damn it. You mean I watched five episodes for nothing? <laughs> no, you watched five episodes so that you would know what was happening when we did our 
PP Pals Peapod Progress Report. <laughs> Joe Rogan Experience, American <laughs> Life of Freakonomic Things You Should Know. <laughs> I'm glad you memorized the full title. Um, <laughs> it reeks of desperation, but I like the effort. <laughs> So, uh, the garden is doing well. Uh, picked off my first Roma tomato. They came in yellow, and it was absolutely delicious. So that is a positive progress report for the week for the garden. And on the other side of it, how is your PP Pals podcast pod report, Benjamin? <laughs> it's going fine. Don, Donnie, you're not allowed to do these visual gags. <laughs> it's going to be like... Laughing the whole time like an idiot, and no one will know why. I was trying to hold it in so I wouldn't ruin the audio, but yeah, I'll just I'll do this next time. Oh, <laughs> very professional. Yeah, I don't know. Think think things are going. Had some interviews. Um, I think there's the one I talked about last week with this uh, murder victim's mom. So that was intense, but I think it went well, mm. all things considered. Also talked to a uh, coroner. So that was interesting. One of the uh, the stats that Corner mentioned, which I was like, I don't know why would you you would know this, but he said like only like one in a thousand people like ever interacts with a coroner or something. Like one in a thousand living people. Yeah, yeah. with a coroner. Fifty okay. percent <laughs> of dead people interact with a coroner. Much higher rate. Otherwise, it's pretty certain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. So I guess, and I think that's one of the things. So coroners, I guess. So there's like, uh, I don't know, people in. They're like not the people in like mortuaries and mm -hmm. stuff. There's specifically like this interface between like the police and like the doctors. Like they just deal with like murders and like suspicious deaths and stuff like that. Anyway, I feel like this is going no nowhere. Do you, do you have? Do you have any uh, any PP updates? Hmm? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Some pen pen updates. Do you have any PP updates? <laughs> you know, it's a simple question. <laughs> Alex did his. I did mine. <laughs> yeah. Anything going on in your week? <laughs> oh, it's for me. Sure. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Uh, I've just been binging this uh, this show that your podcast is about. Uh, probably went about it in the wrong way. I watched episode 10 just to see what's doing. Nothing made sense. Okay. The intro was cool, though. Uh, I, I tried to take notes. The, my first note was, uh, intro, uh, I may be too sober to be watching the show. <laughs> Yeah, so I watched ep episode 10, and I thought the show was just all about, like, cartoon TNA, and then went back, listened to one, two, three, four, alongside your podcast. That's your entire history with Neon Genesis. You, you haven't watched it earlier in life or had any friends who were, like, super into it and wouldn't shut up about it around you? Uh, never even heard of it. I'm assuming this is something you guys kind of have more of a nostalgic fear feel for would kind of be like me watching like Saved by the Bell kind of. Yeah, uh, we watched it uh, for the first time together, um, which was a very formative experience. Cool bonding moment. Yeah, probably when we were around like 14, something like that. Which was which is actually like probably the perfect time to view it for the first time because that's kind of who it's meant for. Like 
young people who are about the same age as the pilots. But now that we're watching it as adults, a lot of it is very inappropriate for an adult to be into. I was gonna ask, is there like different stuff that like maybe when you were younger, you're just like, oh, cool, like mech battles and cartoon breasts. And then, (laughs) and then as you, and then as you get older, you're like, oh man, this is like a, this is like a complicated character who's like doing a lot of things out of duty or like, yeah. Do you pick up on like more of the, more of the, the deep character stuff versus the just like cool graphics? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm far more interested in Shinji's suicidal streak than like anything else in the show now. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, this is a weird episode. It's uh, <laughs> very, I think it's a, I think it's a good one to have you uh, <laughs> so, like, there's a lot of shit to uh to like pick apart so now I'm, like i'm almost like embarrassed just imagining you like, watching this <laughs> like why why did you guys want to watch this <laughs> yeah. very uncomfortable it was very it was very odd i was like i might be 20 years too old to really <laughs> And appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, just, just like the same, uh, just to use Saved by the Bell again, mm-hmm. like if I had shown Saved by the Bell to like someone in their mid-30s who had never seen it before, I think they would probably have a similar reaction of just like, I guess you just had to be there kind of thing. <laughs> uh, there's a very uh, entertaining series uh, on YouTube now called Zach Morris is Trash. And they're like three minute synopsis of episodes where the main character Zach Morris is just awful. Pretty pretty good. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Last time on Dance Dance Evolution, Kensuke and Toji commit a, a list of crimes against the girls in their class. Ryoji Kaji got orders to stay at Nerve and apparently to sexually assault Ritsuko and Misato. With the JSSDF useless as usual, Shinji and Asuka got put in the ground by Israfel. After intense synchronization training, which enhances and further confuses how Asuka and Shinji feel about each other, the pilots were able to execute a perfectly parallel plan to pierce the power supply of the paired angel. Along the way, Pen Pen gained a new follower in the class rep and Asuka's attempt to befriend Rei in front of their entire class fell flat on its face. Will they get along? Will this show continue to frame the sexualization of junior high kids as damaging while continuing to sexualize said kids? Let's find out together. Um, spoilers, it will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, episode 10, The Magma Diver. Nerve learns of an angel in dormant embryonic form inside a volcano. Using equipment designed for magma, Asuka is sent in to retrieve it with Unit 02. While I do this, uh, what are you drinking, Ben? So it's this uh, Atlanta beer from Wild Heaven called Emergency Drinking Beer. Ooh. And then that, that kind of became their flagship beer. So this is the watermelon blend version. I like it. Summery watermelon beer. A little bit like that uh, 21st Amendment one. You've had that, like. Oh, okay. I have had that. Eller High Watermelon. Okay. Yeah, the one episode, or one of the episodes I listened to, you were enjoying some coconut water rum. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sounded weird. I couldn't figure out if I would enjoy it or it's really gross. I was like, yeah, drinks are probably a good idea. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Drugs are encouraged on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Lemonade vodka? Ooh. Okay. 
which sounded like nice and refreshing because you know it's like really hot out here uh when i was at the store and then when i was making it it just seemed like really trashy oh, like i just grabbed like the first two ingredients that i could find that would get me like <laughs> a little buzzed and it's like lemonade and vodka okay <laughs> it's good though yeah Ah, if only podcasts were a visual medium. You'd really know, be killing it right now, Don. <laughs> but then on the flip side, you know, if I'm giving off David Cross vibes, it's probably better <laughs> that it's just audio. <laughs> It's a pretty interesting episode. I think the fan service is more disturbing in this episode than uh, in previous ones. It's definitely the most excessive, and I guess maybe, or, but maybe like in this episode, it's going from like subtext to text, right? Like we've had stuff before, but then mm. this one is like specifically about Shinji being like aroused, <laughs> especially like right at the end. They kind of like beat us over the head with it. Yeah, Pen Pen is like staring at his erection. <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, like that whole thing. It's just like, just like keeps going. It's like the weird, the cheesy conversation and then that, and then he like talks about it. He's like, in case you didn't know, like I'm embarrassed about my erection. Like, <laughs> Donnie, I wanted to say, I looked up, um, pictures of David Cross. And indeed, <laughs> you, you do not look like David Cross, but I think what it is, Thanks so he has this little part of his beard, like that's like a darker color than the rest of it. And so I think that because you've got that, um, you know, that classical, handsome, careful, um, cleft chin, <laughs> then you get that, that little dark spot in your beard. And I think that's what triggered it. Yeah, okay. So we resolve that. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> even if you're lying, still appreciate it. <laughs> I had one goal going into this, which is like not be told I look like David Cross. Uh, wow. Swing and a miss. It's very, it's very weird yeah, that see, you brought that up. Yeah, I did see that in your writer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I was fully fully ready for like this episode to just like not exist. Like you guys would just go from like nine, skip eleven. <laughs> this would be like your uh, like your community blackface episode. Ooh. Like, just... <laughs> like no, nah, I can't. Have, put that have, one on. Have, have you heard about this, Alex? No. What? So they like re-released Community on Netflix, and there was like the D and D episode where. Um, Ken Jung played like the drow elf and does his like drow, like dark elf cosplay. And then they like took it down, took that episode off of Netflix after a little while. Really? D&D episode is one of the best episodes. It is. It is. Yeah. I don't know. And they like address it being fucked up in the episode. It's like one of those like things where it's like, is this a racist joke or is this a joke about racism? I mean, they definitely like skirted that line. Anyways. Um, okay. I'm glad Ben got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
All right, let's go through it. So we open up and uh, Ryoji Kaji is kind of again acting as Asuka's handler and taking her out shopping. Uh, and he seems surprised like, hey, are, are you sure we should be shopping for uh, swimsuits? I mean, so he seems a little uncomfortable, but like he must have known where they were going. Uh, and the outfit she's wearing is kind of revealing in and of itself. So I don't know. I fucking hate this Kaji guy. I think he's a real scumbag. How old is she, by the way? 14. That's what I thought. So I thought this is like a little like borderline creepy. But then they mentioned later that she like graduated college or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's a prodigy. So still creepy. Yeah, ind- <laughs> indeed. Got it. <laughs> no, 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 no. As long as they're mentally mature, yeah. it's okay. Just- <laughs> oh, got <gotcha>. And with the strong mental gymnastics. <laughs> Got it. Ugh. Okay, no one take that out of context. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so they're preparing to go on this school trip. Asuka gets upset because Misato sh- says that she can't go. Shinji kind of says that he was figuring as much, and Asuka like, kind of uses that to um, to dig at his manliness and like say that he's not kind of standing up for himself and for them. Yeah, and Asuka kind of breaks free of uh, some social conventions, some normative behavior, you know? She's, like, hyper-confident, she's... But she still expects these normative behaviors from other people. She's still like, Shinji, why don't you, you know, be a man about this and be more assertive and be upset that we don't get to do what we want? I don't know. It seems like a double standard. Yeah, so we so we learned that I guess her like test scores haven't been good in in high school. Um, you know, later on she says that's because her Japanese isn't good enough. But but my question: if she's already graduated college, why is she going to high school? Wouldn't she just be like, I did that already? Uh, I think it. I think they're forcing her to because it. Uh, they want her to bond with the other pilots to have a similar experience to them. So Nerve has its own, like, specialized schooling? No, they get sent to public school. Oh. Mm-hmm. The class that they're in uh, that we don't see, we only see their classmates go off on a uh, on the trip. But, uh, all, yeah, they go to a public school. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. This is, this is making a little more sense now. Yeah. Uh, Nerve does have private facilities for just about everything, an Olympic-sized pool, massive transportation rigs, but not a school. That they leave to the local government. Interesting. So now that I know that Asuka is also fairly young, uh, I was just, I don't know if you guys have talked about this previously, but is there a a reason why it's always like middle schoolers are piloting the Avas? Or is it just like a, they haven't been tainted by like living life or... I don't know, neuroplasticity or making up words? Uh, actually, uh, uh, Cassie, a previous guest of ours, she had mentioned neuroplasticity as a strong theory. I mean, obviously, they are the age they are because the the writers chose them to be that age. But it is a really, right. it's an interesting, a really strong theory that uh, during that age, your neuroplasticity hits its highest point. Uh, there's like a point when you're a baby and then when you're uh, going through puberty again. So it would be the best time theoretically to make these neural connections with an Ava. 
So, so this was shown in like a kind of like kids time slot, right? Mm. So like we've debated about like kind of what they thought the target audience was and they might be trying to get like both teenage kids and then like the hardcore anime buffs at the same time. And then sometimes they end up in like a weird uncanny valley. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I guess like often in stories you do, maybe it's not a 14 year old, but an 18 year old. But, but you often, you know, the world has to be saved by young people, you know, whether it's like Harry Potter or Ender's Game or, or whatever. Mm. This is something that we see in a lot of stories like this. Gotcha. And also they're like kind of a blank slate. So you can kind of, kind of mold them to your, your image type thing. Yeah. Mm. And maybe like I mean, when you're explaining the world to the audience, it also makes more sense if you can like, explain it to this young person who like doesn't know what's going on and gotcha because yeah it's odd like i've had jobs before where they like actually prefer to have somebody who has like no previous experience because mm-hmm. they don't have to like unlearn anything they can just kind of build you from the ground up yeah and you can like treat them like shit and they like don't know any better <laughs> yeah less likely to stand up for themselves yeah um but I was going to say, Donnie, do you know that Alex is like full bore communist now? Uh, I heard it mentioned in one of the podcasts, perhaps. Uh, when did you when did you make the transition? Uh, <laughs> I guess all throughout the last couple of years. Okay. Definitely as of this new year, I would be able to label myself that way and openly say, like before I had said things about being an anarchist and they kind of go hand in hand, but... Uh, yeah, I'm proud to say I'm a communist now. Probably on a list somewhere, but who isn't? It's a, uh, it's liberating. Well, 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 I'll be on multiple lists after this. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, 14 year old and tits in the same in the same sentence." <laughs> You're on the list. <laughs> so, was any of it in response to like the you know current goings on or protests or pandemic shutdown, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I was actually really lucky in that I had um, maybe declaring it or or solidifying the terminology, but uh, I was really lucky in that I had been working up to that kind of a thing, learning about it by the time these things hit. So when COVID became a major problem and when the protests uh, erupted, like they, everything made more sense to me because I was looking at it from a uh materialist and a uh marxist lens like covid and how bad it is it totally makes sense because a capitalist economy is ill-equipped to deal with such a thing because it the things you need to do are completely counter to the profit motive but anyways uh uh Ben's just trying to stir up trouble. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he really he is. I dig it. I, this sounds like a completely separate thing that we could probably do a whole podcast on. Yeah, <laughs> we could start our own podcast, Donnie. What is communism? Pen, 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 pal. Ooh. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Let's get back to the episode. <laughs> Here's the thing about Ben. I've been meaning to say this for a really long time. <laughs> Just a podcast where we just shit on mutual friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we could fill several hours. <laughs> hey, the world needs that. Because uh, people can't get together like they used to be able to. I was saying we should start a podcast where there's like four or five of us 
And then we all shit on the person who's not there, but then take turns being the person who's not there. Ooh. So it's just like a toxic mess. <laughs> I, I like this idea. I just wouldn't listen to the one where I'm out. I mean, it seems like a pretty simple. Then it's all fun and games. <laughs> Though who knows? Maybe my my narcissism would kick in. I'd be like, God damn it! I got to see what they're saying about me. Ben, boom, Mr. Podcast, John Q. Cast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to the the episode. So Shinji was studying at the pool, which it seems like a good way to get like your textbook pages wet. Right. Uh, he's <laughs> on a laptop and uh, Asuka is clearly dripping all over the laptop. So that can't be good. I also think it's really, so Shinji isn't swimming for whatever reason, but I feel like if he's going to be hanging out by the pool with two swimsuit clad fellow pilots of his, he should at least be in a swimsuit. I think it's very inappropriate to be fully clothed while you're around other people who are not fully clothed. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, it'd be like going to a nudist beach and having like a button-down shirt on. <laughs> you're all receiving. You're not giving anything back. Exactly. It it it, it doesn't put you on equal footing. It's like uh, the usually men who judge beauty contests. The women are all in swimsuits and the men are in full suits. It. it sorry, it's maddening. Yeah. Some people say that that's how men look their most attractive, though, you know? To say that is to say that men do not look attractive. <laughs> that, that it is a fucking lost cause. You have to cover everything up in order for them to be acceptable or presentable. And I do not hold to that. I think the male body is fine. It's easy to say when you have, like, abs and low body fat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uncomfortable in this tank top right Aww. now, but it's very hot in Vegas. <laughs> so I wondered if um, seeing the three of them together like this, uh, I wondered if maybe the writers on some level mapped the three characters to the id, ego, and super ego. Uh, I don't know if there's anything to that. It was just a thought I had because Asuka is highly concerned with the thoughts of others, which is like the superego, the social consciousness. Uh, whereas Shinji is more bogged down by his own uh, experience. And Ray is almost pre-personal -ex pre -pre experience. Like she, she has one thing, like a parent figure that she fixates on and the rest of it is kind of uh, getting by, like surviving based on what that parent figure says is the right thing to do. Uh, which is kind of like the id. Yeah, I guess Asuka also seems kind of like impulsive and I don't know, you, you know what I mean? Like it seems like she gets upset a lot and... She definitely does, uh, but I think she gets upset based on social constructs. Like she gets upset very easily, but it's always only based on a high level uh, social functionality. I think that that's a good point that, yeah, it's like the social contract thing that she gets upset, seems like, for people not behaving the way she thinks they should, right? So, like, when Shinji isn't, like, standing up for stuff or, like, she feels, like, in the last episode, Misato, like, like wounded her pride or whatever when she mm. asked Ray to, like, go in and, like, replace her in that thing. And she doesn't seem to 
you know, really like Shinji, but she still wants his attention. Uh, she still wants him to notice her uh, sexually. And she's definitely like a foil to Ray, right? So like in that swim swimming pool scene, you know, Ray's just like ignoring Shinji and just like doing her own thing. And then um, Asuka keeps coming up and like bugging him. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Even their uh, swimsuits. Uh, Ray is wearing the the class swimsuit that she does at school, whereas Asuka has on this uh, striped red and uh, white number. Women, you know? Yeah! <laughs> Yo- young broads. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, so they, uh, they get this uh, uh, early warning sign of an angel just after... Uh, there's been talk about, uh, or I think uh, Asuka said earlier, why don't we take the fight to them? Why don't we just go kill the angels where we find them? And it's because they they are unable to find the spawning point. So they're unable to find the origins of these angels. But because it's a television show, they immediately find uh, evidence of the origin of one of the angels inside an active volcano, which is pretty awesome set piece right there. Have they explained like any backstory of like where the angels come from or like different types or? I think this is the closest that we've gotten. Okay. Now we see one seemingly being born in a volcano. Gotcha, so it's still left as this just vague other thing. We know we have to defeat it, but we don't know what its purpose or. Yeah, spot on characterization. They really are the other. If they look humanoid, they always conform to this uncanny valley where they're not quite human, they're too skinny, they're too, they don't look like the Avas do, right? And if they don't look like they're human, don't look like biological life, then they look like something that couldn't be alive. Like uh, Ramael looked like like two pyramids or like a a diamond floating in the sky. It looked like something constructed, not something that grew. Yeah, I, I guess maybe because they call them angels, I was just like assuming that they like, came from outer space or something like that. And it's kind of interesting then almost it's like this one is like emerging from hell or something, right? It's like being born in this this fiery place. Good observation, Ben. Yeah, proud of that one. (laughs) (laughs) Ben crumples up his notes and throws away. (laughs) I'm done. Okay, so they find this angel. Uh, they have to run it up the chain of command. Uh, Gendo has a little scene with the holographic security council again, and it's the same thing. They, they're they all complaining about the plan, but ultimately they just say, yeah, it's fine, go and do it. Uh, so they give Gendo this like nonsense, this uh, runaround, but ultimately they just capitulate to whatever plans he has. So we know you know, they are ostensibly in charge, but Gendo is really the person calling the shots on everything, uh, like a dictator. Yeah, and and we see this, you know, he's had his like hands up, he always covers his face with his hands. And I think maybe for the first time, we see this like little shot of his smile, kind of, I don't, I don't know what's going on there with that. Like if that's kind of like, you know, he, he has some secret, motive or something like that. Gendo uh, has a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was intentional or if they just wanted to like put the hands over the mouth just to like save frames. <laughs> I think a lot of stuff in this show is like both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, there's just like so many just like stills with like 
you know, they're just background speech or just like something where just like a very small part of the frame, almost like South Park's style, where like nothing will change but the mouth. Just like, mm-hmm. okay, this might have just been to save money and then like keep the show going. Uh, uh, exactly. So, so they decide that As- Asuka is going to capture the angel. She gets put in this special heat outfit that kind of puffs up, um, turns her into a roly poly, and she's not mm-hmm. happy about that. Yeah, and the Ava O2 uh, is in a similar getup. It's this. It's got like a an old fashioned diver's suit from I don't know the forties. The first time I watched this episode, I was like, Asuka, that's so childish. What does it matter what your Ava looks like?" But she's a young woman, and it's kind of like going to your first dance, and your parents telling you, and you have to wear this protective bubble. And like, you got a dress and you got excited to go. And then they're like, nope, roll around in this all night. Have fun. (laughs) I immediately thought of Violet in uh, Willy Wonka. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she seems really, really focused on like Mr. Kaji. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know if it's exactly right, but uh, him being able to watch her like, you know, get inside of it so is there like a is there like some weird adult young middle schooler they like what is what is the purpose of that she's just like a young girl with a crush on a teacher <laughs> yeah or, essentially okay uh but it plays yeah. into like masato kind of has that relationship with shinji shinji has some confusing uh feelings about masato and then asuka's much the same way with uh, uh kaji and it seems, obviously it's the writers, but it seems on purpose that Gendo has these people with these young teens, like to keep them emotionally subservient, to keep them uh, off balance so they don't ask any questions, so they don't really figure out what's going on with the bigger plan is. Yeah, and Gendo has a similar relationship with, with Ray. But yeah, yeah, so the last host we had on Brian, he was kind of saying he thinks that Maybe it's this intentional thing that these adults are kind of operatives that are set up to be able to kind of like manipulate these kids into getting in these suits and like fighting these things. That it's a way of like kind of trying to make them more controllable or something like that. Yeah, it's all very shady. Shady Gendo is shady. Uh, So she got into the heat suit um, and then we see Kaji being shady. And he eggs her on. And it, I don't know, like Kaji does seem to be this, I don't know, sexual predator, but, and it seems to be his character of his volition, but maybe not. Maybe he has orders to do these things, to egg Asuka on, to keep Masato off kilter, to check on the emotional response of the loyalty of Ritsuko. Like he's definitely answering to higher powers. I was going to ask, like, were these originally, like, shorter episodes that were kind of spliced together for Netflix? Because, like, what is the, there's, like, a break in between each episode, like, 10 minutes in, then you'll get, like, a, a screen with, like, mm. a, a new title screen, and then, like, the rest of the episode. I, I think that's just where the ad break would be in the originals. Oh, uh, okay. So it's kind of like a, like, you're watching this show kind of thing. Mm. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. But the title cards do have two different titles on them, typically. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Yeah, we've talked about before how, like, there's kind of, like, there's two English 
titles. And so one of them is like a direct translation of the Japanese title usually. And the other one sometimes is like a different title. But so those would have been, both of those titles would have been part of like the Japanese episode, you know, at a time when like, who knows, I don't know if they planned to like, they would have thought that this would ever be seen overseas. Like if that was kind of like part of the business model or if it was more like an Easter egg that if you're like a super fan, um, then you could kind of like look up what the English translation was or something like that. So we see they're prepping for the, the volcano dive and we see Kaji on a like suspension tram and he's talking to some seemingly random woman who has a, a dog. She's holding this dog and just casually talking to Kaji, but they're talking about uh, the, the mission. They're talking about the situation. So I, like, obviously Kaji is answering to people and I think he's answering to people not at Nerve, someone other than Gendo. Yeah, I couldn't figure out for that one if I was missing anything. Like, I kind of just passed through it on my first watch, and then the second watch with your, uh, like, outline. I was like, oh, okay, this is something. And it still was confused about what this was supposed to represent or mean or... So, and they're talking about this, like, upcoming mission. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, like, it's, you know, I think this is another one of those things about, like, being smart with animation. Like, you put it in this, like, moving thing. But I think it's also, that's supposed to be, like, a location where he thinks that they won't be able to like, like he won't be caught. They can't eavesdrop on him or something like that. Right. It's like this private place where you're floating out on this thing. So he can divulge these secrets there without any possibility of being caught. Yeah. That's smart. That's probably exactly. It's kind of like that, that earlier conversation that Gendo has on like the airplane where they're just like, we happen to be on this empty airplane and we're just going to talk about super secret stuff. Mm. So they ready the mission. We're ready Asuka to drop down into the volcano. And I can't remember who asked. I think it was Shinji asks about uh, these UN planes that are uh, flying overhead. And someone over the radio, I assume Masato, tells him, oh, they're here in case we fail. If, if we don't do it, then they will drop N2 mines, which are those nukes that we've seen in previous episodes, to clean up the mess. Which means that Gendo gave the order to nuke the volcano at the first sign of their mission failing. Which I was like, oh, what a, what a hard decision to make. Uh, Gendo is a real cold bastard, but Ray's not there. So it must be a very easy decision for Gendo to make. And they've also, they established that that conference too that if they fail this mission the outcome is the extinction of humanity <laughs> <laughs> whatever it's fine so, so i mean I, yeah but yeah so they've set this kind of like these global stakes and then they're setting these like personal stakes for the the main characters and then they go on during the mission to be like you'll have this one chance to do this one thing and that's it yeah so they lower asuka into the volcano mathematically just way way past where the equipment is supposed to like continue to work i think they like double almost double the depth that they talk about and they talk about it in abstract terms they don't say meters or 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 yards or whatever i assume it's meters but they just say like 500 she does get her wish to go scuba diving oh yeah <laughs> 
hilarious. Uh, in Magma, too, which is uh, none of the other kids will be able to say they did that, right? Careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, if they fail, we're going to nuke them anyway. <laughs> just, keep, just keep pushing it. Just keep pushing it down. They would die regardless if, <laughs> yeah, if they like... fail. So. Does that mean he would have nuked his, because his, you know, Shinji is still around. Would he have been impacted by the nukes? Did he okay the Yes, the frying this sounds like Gendo yeah. is fine with Shinji dying. Gendo does Jesus. not care because Gendo does not treat Shinji like a son. But so I think that Shinji is to Gendo a reminder of his loss. And Gendo, as hard as he is, I don't think he's an emotionally developed person. He's not open. He's not... He's not vulnerable with anyone, and that that's not a healthy person. He would rather not have a son. He would rather not deal with that. Uh, and the only reason he's part of this project is because he is one of the genetic matches for these Avas. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so Asuka finds this uh, angel, and at first it looks like a human embryo. And she uses this thing and captures it and starts to ascend. But when it comes out and uh, is born, it quickly morphs into something not human at all. It's this weird prehistoric creature that doesn't exist anymore. And we're not really sure how it looked. Oh, an anomalocaris. Anomalocaris, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it does look a little bit like a, a lamprey. They have that kind of like a sucker yeah. with like the teeth coming from all sides, kind of like those dune worms. Terrifying. So, so yeah, it's kind of like a creepy fish, but then it also has these very like creepy human-like hands. So yeah, the first thing we see is this like hand reaching out towards Asuka. Uh, so this is uh, our angel attack for the episode. Uh, the angel's name is Sandalfon which is the first angel to, I don't know if it's the only one, but the, at least the first angel to break from the naming convention. Uh, usually angels have a name that ends in the suffix E-L. It's very common in uh, Jewish and Christian mythology. So Sandalfon means the brother, and symbolically it's the angel of embryos, which is makes sense, a uh, good name choice. In mythology, uh, uh, I guess the Jewish tradition, the Sandalfon is the angel that decides whether a human embryo becomes uh, male or female. It is physically like a cut above the Avas, a cut above every other angel, at least that we've seen. Uh, a progressive knife won't even scratch its surface because it has adapted in its birth to be functional in this magma environment. One character, I think Ritsuko even remarks that it being able to open its mouth within the magma environment is, they thought that was unthinkable. Like not, no creature would ever evolve to be able to do that. It does have that uh, lamprey-like mouth uh, and it has squid-like strength inside of that mouth because it crushes pieces of the Ava's heat suit and the seemingly the, uh, the part of the Ava underneath with no, no effort at all. Uh, like a squid could suck the bolts out of a submarine's hull. It has no visible AT field, but we assume that the AT field is helping it to overcome this heat differential. Uh, and it also 
has its only real weapon is these claws on these weird human-like arms uh, that are razor sharp and also diamond hard. So they deal with the progressive knife no problem and they deal uh, damage to that uh, uh, containment suit very easily. Uh, and Asuka on her way down has lost her progressive knife, right? So when the angel finally gets to her and latches on, she has no weapon. Uh, so Shinji has to throw down his progressive knife, which I love that shot because it's so action-packed. He like runs up and he throws it down with all of his might and then it slowly sinks down to Asuka. <laughs> and then as she loses the leg, we get the, the Kenny style, you bastard. <laughs> I think twice, actually. I think you get the bastard twice. Well. <laughs> you bastard! Uh, but she ends up catching the knife, and then she can uh, fight back. Yeah, and uh, so the knife isn't denting the uh, Sandalphon at first, but her and Shinji have a simultaneous realization of a solution to the problem, which just in the last episode, that was our synchronization episode, right? So that's cool that they kind of harken back to that, that they're on a similar thought pattern. Um, and it's what they had been talking about earlier in the episode, right? It's uh, it's heat differentials. If you cool something that's used to high heats, then it will shrink and uh, disrupt its integrity. Just like if you heat something that's used to low temperatures, it'll do the same idea. I think this is a Star Trek solution where someone will come up with a solution and then they will explain it in very simple terms so the audience and anyone else any layman can understand how it works and even ritsuko as they say thermal expansion ritsuko is like oh this of course will work uh, that's genius uh so they mess with its temperature and that disrupts the i guess the hardness of its shell which allows her to just stab it yeah i couldn't figure out what was going on there i was like is this actually like thermal expansion or are they just like putting pressure into it and then it's exploding because it just kind of like fizzles away. You don't really see like actually what happens. Yeah, it doesn't convey the perfectly, but I think her progressive knife strikes the, um, they didn't really talk about it in this episode, but every angel has at least one core or S2 engine. They're usually these red globes. Uh, so I, I think what they're, what it was supposed to be is that the coolant disrupts the the molecular pattern of the skin making it brittle and uh the the progressive knife slamming into its top must have pierced the uh the s2 engine which would i guess cause it to it would it would lose its at field which again they don't talk about in this episode but without the at field one assumes it would just burn up inside the magma gotcha but but asuka's suspension line is cut and it kind of um, ends up disintegrating. We see her slowly sinking down into this volcano. And, and one of the things that's interesting is she's kind of like disappointed, not necessarily by dying, but that it's unfair that she won the battle and is still dying, that she did everything right you know, so, so maybe she is okay with kind of like dying as a soldier, but she just feels like gypped that this is a shitty way to die. Yeah. I think the quote is, uh, is this it? That really sucks. 
<laughs> Which I, I, I appreciate the simplicity of it. It's like, like, well, if I got to die in magma, this may as well be it. You got to go somehow. Might as well be magma. Uh, but, but Shinji comes down and saves her. And, um, you know, we don't get to see Shinji's expression, but we see his, like, badass mech. And then we see Asuka, like, smiling. Yeah, cool. Great characterization. I think think we'll get a lot of those in future episodes, maybe one per episode of Shinji and Asuka bonding in some way. You know, they're going to continue to be at odds, but they are going to... I don't know, save each other and see eye to eye on some things, which is really cool to slowly see that relationship emerge as something more than just adversarial and uh, I'm a boy and you're a girl and we'll just never get along. So they, so they save the day. The, uh, the teenagers save everyone again and they're re- they get a reward this time, which is pretty sweet. Uh, they get to go hang out at a hot spring and I think Kaji, someone mails Pen Pen to them <laughs> just like in a box. Why? I don't know. I guess he wanted to hang out. I don't. <laughs> Whose idea was what it is to this... mail him? Kaji. What's the significance? Kaji, they say it's Kaji. But how did Kaji get it? Does that mean that Kaji broke into Masato's apartment? Oh, maybe Masato gave him to Kaji to look after, and he just like, nah. I'm not doing that. Put them in the mail. We we have established Pen Pen as a hot spring penguin. Oh, so this is like his natural environment. So, and it's a chance for Pen Pen to look at more dicks, <laughs> which seems to be one of its hobbies. Yes, that's true. <laughs> no, 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 it's surpri- it's never seen a dick before. It's surprised by it. Uh, you know. Well, I think he's seen one dick before, which is Shinji's dick in yeah the dick in the shower yeah, in the second episode i think uh but, but, right so he's surprised that it looks different than before oh yeah he's like huh but i guess you are right ben because it is the same dick so it's, <laughs> still, it's still one dick you're technically correct <laughs> so super inappropriate but we do get to learn that pen pen swims like a duck <laughs> very unnerving and we do get to learn that Misato also might be a sexual predator. Uh, <laughs> pretty unsettling dialogue coming from the other side of the, uh, uh, I guess, hot springs wall because they, like that. That's pretty common in Japan, right? You when you go to a hot spring, you usually bathe nude, but they have uh, separations for uh, men and women, right? go to the Korean spa in the U.S. and have that experience. Oh, let's go to a Korean spa. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you have a you have a bit of a Me Too moment. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's funny what quotes I wrote down. Uh, That's a no touch zone replied with you need to get over it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So Masato is a sexual predator. No questions about it. Thank you for clearing that up. Nineteen ninety-five, very different. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we see that Masato has a large scar of some type, some discoloration uh, across her sternum, like the middle of her chest. Asuka asks about it, and Masato says she got it 
during the second impact somehow. Hopefully that'll be explained. Uh, and then Asuka asks, you know about me, right? You know about my past. And Masato very calmly says, yeah, of course I know. Uh, it's my job to know. It's setting up some sweet cliffhangers for later episodes. And, and I'm wondering, I wonder if we'll specifically learn stuff about the second impact next episode. So on, the, on my rewatch of this, so at the beginning, Kaji says that like, you know, something, I, I forget, it's like, oh, I was going to go to Okinawa, but it was canceled. And he's like, because of the second impact. And then they're like, if you fail this mission, the second impact will happen. They talk about like, we don't want a repeat of what happened like 15 years ago. And then we get that mention again right at the end. My guess is that they're really like teeing that up. I think, and I don't know, I think they do it in a really good way because the first time I watched it, I didn't notice that at all. Like they all kind of like make sense in context almost as just like throwaway lines. But my guess is that they're um, building towards something. Yeah, I'm glad you noticed that. I, I did not, um, but you're right. In this episode, they harp on it several times. And we just got an explanation, at least an explanation to Shinji if no one else in uh, an earlier episode that the public explanation for the second impact of a meteorite, some sort of interstellar object hitting Antarctica is not true. That's just a fluff story uh, told to the public that it has something to do with the first contact with angels uh, by humanity. You just answered one of my questions. Oh yeah, which was the <laughs> second, which was the second impact. Because yeah, it's mentioned like at least two or three times throughout this episode. I didn't know if I had missed that between like five and nine, <laughs> <laughs> just because of the goofy way I chose to uh, to get caught up. But uh, now I got to keep watching to get the payoff. Especially since this is your first time watching it, there are some really great payoffs. I think later in the. Uh, season and that the, it's only one season it's the entire series uh, there are some great mysteries about you know all sorts of people overall cool episode some bonding some working together Asuka does not like Ray after Ray said in the last episode that they would be friends if Ray was ordered to and that is kind of the only way they will be friends huh. but that it like, Ray, that's how she deals with everything. She's like, if Gendo orders me to do this, I will do it. So is, is Ray like the female Shinji, where she's like, I'll do stuff out of, like, sense of duty, but otherwise I don't want to be involved in anything? Yeah, in certain ways. Uh, and Cassie had uh, helpfully uh, described for us that Shinji and Ray both exhibit autism spectrum behaviors but they manifest differently, especially at this age where they're learning all these social functions and everything is extra confusing with puberty happening. Um, they, are, they are very much similar, like two sides of the same character. They're very similar. Yeah, to, to me, it also seems like maybe like Ray is, is like more extreme. If you're at least just looking at Asuka, Shinji and Ray, like kind of like Shinji is somewhere in the middle personality-wise of the three. Any final thoughts on the episode or the the series as a whole so far, uh, Donnie? I just want to know about Pen Pen. <sighs> what is the, I know you have a fascination uh, with young Pen, 
what is the what is the purpose? Is this like a like a baby Yoda character, but like without function? Or what are we? Do we know at this point? Is this something to be revealed that I need to keep watching for? Uh, I it started as a joke because I didn't remember much about Pen Pen. I was just really excited when we watched that first episode or maybe second episode, and he showed up, and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember Pen Pen. Pen Pen is very cool. But as I've kept a, or well, as we have kept a keen eye out and followed his behavior, he's increasingly inscrutable. In the previous episode, I think he reads a newspaper. And you're like, oh, like, can he read? Can he scheme? At what level is he interacting with these other characters? It's amazing. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to end that with, it's amazing. <laughs> we don't know a whole lot. We know it can probably read, etc. Yeah. Find out along with us. I'm on board. Let's go Pen Pen. The penguin, we just know, like, likes the eyeful of dick. <laughs> every, every 10 episodes needs to get a gander. <laughs> we're right on schedule. I won't judge. I get, you know, I'll watch the rest before I before I pass judgment on this uh, young penguin. But uh, do you do you think you're gonna keep watching, Donnie? Uh, I I would have to go <laughs> have to go back. <laughs> I don't know if that was the best way to like, because in my head I was like, all right, the episodes are only like twenty minutes. Uh, I could probably run through them, but then I felt like it'd be a good idea to like actually yeah. listen to the podcasts. You're like, there's a- no way that their episodes are going to be longer than the actual episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your episode started at like 25 minutes and then got to like 50 minutes. So then yesterday for like five straight hours, I'm just like alternating between episodes and podcasts. Like, fuck, I didn't think they'd be pushing an hour. Uh, I'm not going to finish this. (laughs) I think you're probably the first, well, the first person that I've spoken to that I know has like binged it. So what's the binging, what's the experience like alternating between the two? Uh, I mean, I think it helped reinforce like what I was seeing. I think the problem with like binging a show is you don't retain as much. Like I noticed the same thing when trying to run through Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. like right as it was ending. Like I really enjoyed it. Like it helped like from episode to episode, like I could remember the last one because I literally just watched it. But like when it was all over, like it's just blank slate. Yeah. Like people would mention like plot holes and I would just be like, I didn't really have a week to like think on each episode. It was just kind of just like, just like we got to get through them so that I can watch the finale. Mm. So is that a vote against binge watching from you? If you want to remember it, I would, <laughs> I would recommend binge watching. If you want to forget it. If it's like, if it's like something really stupid, like I've also been watching like the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Ooh. just like in the background. So like binging that, it's just like, I just kind of want it to be over. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But like, yeah, if it's like, yeah, if, if people are like, oh yeah, there's plot holes in Game of Thrones, like what happens with X, Y, Z? And I'm just like, I don't know, man, Dragon Lady, like nothing <laughs> happened. And yeah, it's like, I remember the result, but not like the like story. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never just like sit with it. But you're saying uh, uh, watching an episode and then listening to people talk about the episode really helps reinforce some of the events and concepts 
Uh, yeah, because I think I'm watching it like on very like base level, and then you guys are like Alex, you're bringing up like Norse mythology, and Ben is like a Japanophile, and I'm just like, I don't know, does like thermal expansion like work on tits? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> the world may never know. That's yeah, what I'm don't, don't ever answer her question. <laughs> That's the yeah. That's that's the to be continued that I'm waiting for. <laughs> I gotta watch. I gotta watch episode eleven. Do, do you have any recommendations? Any stuff you've watched recently that's good? Uh, Dave on Hulu is pretty good. Yeah, neither of you have heard of it, but it's uh, it's like Little Dicky. He's like a rapper. He has like his own, I guess, like semi auto autobiographical show, which is pretty funny. And it's only like ten episodes, so. If you're like me and don't want to commit to like something that's like several season, that's pretty good. Mm, smart. Well, you might like anime because a lot of them do one season. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I, I feel like I haven't seen a whole lot of anime. Like I think like the, you know, like the like cliche ones. Where like I've seen Akira and like Ghost in the Shell like way back when, but like since then, like I really don't know the last time I've seen mm. it. So it's just like a definitely a bit of like a fish out of water situation. Uh, but listening to the podcast was fun. I did, I did write down a quote from Ben uh, from episode four. I, pre- I prepared, not by watching Ooh. all of the episodes, <laughs> but by jotting down shit on the You one. did your research uh, on the host, which is yes, much smarter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm bracing myself. Listen. It's hard to listen to this. I kind of hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, which is a BK quote from episode four of your podcast. Well, maybe episode five, because the first one was like a two-parter. That was very relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just you wait, Danny. Just you wait until you hear this one. <laughs> I'll refuse to watch it. I'll refuse to listen <laughs> Uh, so before we go, uh, Ben, can you hit us with that contact info? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a long okay. no. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. So we're on Twitter at PenPenPals. Zero followers so far. You could be the first. Uh... <laughs> We'll, we'll tweet at you, happy birthday. It won't even be your birthday. You'll love it. It'll be great. Uh, our Gmail is, I think, also penpenpalspod at Gmail, I believe. Um, well, thank you for being on, Donnie. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Uh, glad to be on. Pen. Pen. Pals. Pod. 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 Uh, and that's it. We max out our. Should we, re- should we redo that? No, it's, that that's, we want it. <laughs> I really wanted to like hang up right then as soon as we were done. But then I also. We want it to be clunky as possible. I wanted to like see you guys' reactions after I did it. And you, you can't have both. You know? Yeah, that's true.